This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle or War Eagle? That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, I'm Brandon Marcello. Welcome to the Roundtable. Joined today by Jason Caldwell, Ronnie Sanders, and Philip Marshall. Uh, good to have you guys here. Um, big, big basketball game this weekend. Uh, college game day coming to Auburn for the first time uh, ever for a basketball game. Number 13, Kentucky at number 17, Auburn. Um, big game for a lot of reasons. Auburn coming off a thrilling and really dramatic double overtime victory at Ole Miss, third biggest comeback in school history. This stat I saw saw from SEC Network was incredible, how SEC road teams trailing by 17 or more at halftime were 0-152 over the last decade until Auburn beat Ole Miss in double overtime. That's quite the feat, but – Let's talk a little bit about that Ole Miss game just and how it carries over into this um, Kentucky game. That, that, to me, and we've seen it since Auburn's postseason run last season, and, and of course those seniors that are on the roster now were experienced that in different roles, especially Danielle Purifoy and Javon McCormick. Um, it just seems like that they have learned kind of how not to lose, even in games that you're like, hey, they should handle this, and I mean, they've been getting down big on the road at all, at, you know, on the road this season. But um, and even at home against Furman, they were down 14 and came back and forced overtime and won that game. There's just something about this group that you know I hate the cliche of never quit, but they they never quit. But they also always just find ways to win, and that, that that's something. There's something to be said about that. Um, you can argue about talent and rankings and all that, but Auburn's winning. And they're winning because they've got that confidence. I, I agree. That was a uh, that, that was quite a remarkable comeback. It's, it's, I was in Baton Rouge in 1999 when they came back from from uh, 19 down. They weren't down as far at the half, uh, but they they came back from 19 points down, and it kind of it was similar in that it starts happening, and and uh, you really don't think about it that much because they're so far behind and then the next thing you know they're behind like three or five or whatever and uh and they win the game but then i thought they'd given it away again in, in overtime but uh uh but you're right about this team i think it's it's it it, it lives off the confidence from a year ago and uh or to a great extent because they 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 still believe even when they're behind by 17 points at the half or whatever they still believe they can win and uh, 
and and have. So, yeah, I, I play Kentucky at home. That's a whole different thing, and uh, uh, that should be that should be quite a scene and and a, and a fun thing. Yeah, you know, you look at it, and I agree that this team kind of always believes that they're there, but it also the confidence goes on the other side. They got knocked down a few shots for it to happen. You know, it happened with Anthony McLemore. I mean, those threes, if he didn't come in and, and, and knock down a couple threes, that doesn't happen. And it didn't happen in Tuscaloosa. It didn't happen in Gainesville. That's the thing right now. This team's got to find a way to to get some consistent offense. I, I A couple of weeks ago, I was, you know, down before the, for the Senior Bowl and, and eating something and watching a basketball game, and it was Virginia and NC State. NC State went over 10 minutes without a basket and won the basketball game. And I'm like – Holy cow, how does that happen? Auburn goes two stretches almost that long in the same half last night and still won a basketball game. I mean, the other night, still won a game. Uh, it's it's crazy. It does show you the tenacity of this team. But, man, they got to, uh, you know, they got to they got to figure out a way. And it's happened at home. It's mostly happened on the road. But um, you can't have these starts and, and expect to keep coming back and winning basketball games. You just put too much pressure on yourself. Especially when you're, uh, you're about to, to face some better teams. They they certainly believe they can win, but they've got to find a way to get some offense going um, and not find themselves in such a deep hole because, you know, that, that's not going to happen every night. Well, you're right. It already has it. I mean, but I mean, even against Vanderbilt, they were, they were behind early. But, you know, but, but then I watch South Carolina, I think, has won three out of four now, including a win over Kentucky. And the the only the loss in there was a lopsided loss to Auburn, but even in that game they were ahead early. Uh, South Carolina was not as much, but but uh, the slow starts have been mystifying. I, that's uh, it's I, I don't know if it's a uh, if it's now become a mental thing or or what. I don't know, but uh, but uh, they sure seem to be frequent. It's and, got it. It's got to be mental, don't you think? Because I mean, the second half they just come. They come out on fire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's it's weird. It, it is mental, and I think I think some of it too is when you look at you know Javon and Samir. This is now their first chance to be the guys, and these SEC teams have now had a chance to scout them. So it's right. a little bit of of learning on the run, some and, and kind of figuring things out for Auburn. I think. What team? How teams are going to play them? You don't have to worry about that with Jared and Bryce. They'd seen everything. They'd been through everything, and now you're kind of having to deal with some of those things for this team too. So, I think that's that's been some of it as well. Um, and and now the challenge ramps up even more for those two. And I, that's what I look at Saturday when you talk about Ashton Hagen's on the other Ooh. side guarding the point. Man, um, it's going to Auburn to get into their offense. That's going to be a key on Saturday. Yeah, the the guards right now. Um, just in January, since the SEC season started, Samir and and uh, and Javon McCormick, who have shared the the duties at point guard off and on, same amount of turnovers, same amount of assists this season, and you know the other night at Ole Miss was the worst performance. They combined for twelve turnovers, including nine by McCormick, but they made some big plays down the stretch as well. It was it was a weird game. I don't want to talk too much about the Ole Miss game, but it seemed like every every time McCormick made a good play, then there was a bad play by him on the next play. Even McLemore, there was a couple of instances, and Dowdy. It was just a weird night for those guys. But you're right. I, I really think there's, there's a lot of importance there that you're talking about, Jason, about guards, especially in college basketball, especially with guys that are really 
going with this for their first time. And, and I've seen this with multiple teams. I've seen guards that come out on fire. I remember covering Arkansas, and there was a point guard by the name of Courtney Fortson. He was a freshman, came in, and was just blowing the doors off people. They blew out nationally ranked Texas, nationally ranked Oklahoma in the same week. Then they get an SEC play, and they get blown out and struggled down the stretch. And Fortson struggled, and teams found out how to guard him. And that's what you're seeing with, I think, Samir and especially McCormick. They're just really getting in their face, not letting them to set up their offense. Auburn's not able to spread the ball around as much as they want to. We saw it more in the second half, obviously, uh, at Ole Miss. But if Auburn could just kind of break through that, I think they'll be fine. And I, I think they can because, listen, McCormick can be super quick to the basket. And that's Samir's game, as we all know, is getting to the basket. And we saw that again against Ole Miss. If those guys can do that, that would help them out so much. Yeah, absolutely. You need you need to to, to make some shots. And and you know, Samir, I think, and it, it carries on through this team. We talked about it. At times, we've seen Dangel become more aggressive. Isaac Okoro has really been the most consistent guy that they've right. had. Yeah. Uh, because he is a guy that's driving the ball to the basket, getting to the free throw line. Dangel is such a good free throw shooter, has that physical body that, you know, we've seen him at times do it. But probably not enough, and you know that's what you got to do. You got to get to the free throw line more, and the physicality—that's the thing that—that's what saved Auburn the other night was being able to rebound and, and offensive rebound, those kind of things. Look at the teams that won on the road the other day: Auburn, Mississippi State, right, uh, Texas A&M at, at Tennessee. All were teams that got on the glass, rebounded, yeah. and and limiting second chance points. And boy, Kentucky has lived off of those, and, and oh. they're a good rebounding team. Same That's, thing Wednesday night with South Carolina winning to Arkansas. That's they 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 won they basically won the game uh, with rebounding. I and, believe uh, all three all three of those teams too like they won the rebounding advantage by like double digits too. I mean, there was it was a big disparity. And uh, but you know Kentucky is uh, again that they they always are. They're just a different they're just a different thing. They, the the talent level and the. Uh, this is, not, this is not a vintage offense. No, it hasn't played like one. It hasn't played like one. You're no, exactly they, right. This is not a team that has gone out and scored. They're kind of a grinded out a little bit. Now, they got some guys, Maxi, when he gets hot, can shoot yeah. it. And Nick Richards has played really good. Nick but, Richards of late has really, really been good. Yeah. Yes. I would say I would say this, you know, um, I think that obviously the Vanderbilt game uh, for them uh, the other night was, was pretty close. But – Three games prior to that, Kentucky was up double digits on every opponent in the second half, but they have a tendency to blow leads, um, which will be something to watch uh, Saturday night in Auburn Arena. If Auburn's down 9, 10 points or more, I don't think the Tigers are going to be out of it because Kentucky has had a tendency to not be able to hold on to leads this season. So um, as good as Kentucky is, especially with Hagens and Richards, I, I think that that if they get up, uh, I don't think Auburn fans need to just go, oh, there's no way we're coming back from this. Because Kentucky is, has shown a, 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 the risk of blowing leads and almost blowing games this season. Um, so moving forward with the basketball team, when you – I think this team's obviously going to the NCAA tournament and everything, but this, this coming up is the toughest stretch for Auburn. And they've got some tough road games remaining, but 
it's strange looking at the standings right now. LSU is at the top, un- undefeated, and they've won a lot of close games. Um, Arkansas looked like it was about on par with Auburn, but lost to South Carolina at home. That changed things. Vanderbilt's playing a little bit tougher now. Uh, Missouri came back and beat Georgia after uh, being down double digits. Mississippi State down double digits on the road at Florida, a, te- a Florida team that beat Auburn pretty well. Um, what do we make of the SEC this season, where Auburn kind of stands at this point as we approach the halfway point of the SEC schedule? My view is Auburn is a team that – it's uh, going to be really, really hard for anybody to win at, at Auburn Arena. Doesn't mean it won't happen, but it's going to be hard. Uh, and Auburn already has two road wins, so I, I, my opinion is Auburn is a is a clearly an upper echelon SEC team. Are they upper upper echelon, or I don't know? But they, I think they're a team that uh, that. That that is going to to be like I said, be be very difficult to beat at home. Everybody has a hard time winning on the road against really good teams, even though there's been a bunch of road wins this week. And that's going to be just that's going to decide who who is who is there as a high seeds or whatever is going to be who can win games on the road. And Auburn already has two wins, two road wins, which is which is big. Yeah, you're right. You got to take care of business at home. That's first and foremost. And Auburn has done a good job of that. And and you look, and they got some opportunities coming up. But you, you start talking about teams in this league, and I think you, you look in the next four games for Auburn, my opinion, you know, Arkansas is kind of iffy. But playing at Arkansas, even though they just lost at home, is a tough spot. Tough. Kentucky, Kentucky, Arkansas, get LSU and Alabama at home. You start talking about the chance to make some hay um, for a schedule that hasn't been very top-loaded. Right. Um, it's been a good schedule, but it's all kind of kind of middle tier. This is the opportunity for Auburn to go make a statement in terms of getting back in seeding purposes, all those things. You win, you win three out of four of these and get some of those quality wins, and all of a sudden you, you move back up into into you know potential to be one of those top three or four seeds, and that's what you're looking for. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I mean, they um, Auburn certainly an upper tier. SEC team, but, uh, you know, can they be up there at the end of the year? Um, you know, obviously you got to win on the road and, um, that's hard. That's hard for, uh, that's hard to do in this conference. Yeah. Auburn's got five road games, uh, remaining on, on the schedule. Um, some, some tough teams, uh, I, I, they end the season, Having to go to Kentucky and also have to go to Tennessee. Tennessee not playing as well right now. Texas A&M actually went in there and beat them as we mentioned earlier because they were doing a, such a good glass on the job on the glass. Um, but Tennessee's tough. I mean, it, you look across the SEC. A lot of these teams, obviously, you take on the personality of your coaches. But I mean, every time you know you go into SEC season, people look at South Carolina's record these last couple of years and they go. Well, South Carolina's not very good. And then Frank Martin just – his teams are tough, and, and they find a way. Same same with Rick Barnes at Tennessee. I mean, they've obviously were very talented last season or talented this season, though they're missing a piece. Um, I think they could still potentially beat anybody, Tennessee. 
And Arkansas, with Eric Musselman, they've changed things a little bit. Um, they're struggling right now, but they've played some tough games and have, have looked good at times. They're very athletic. Um, and as you said, Philip, going on the road there is going to be a different beast. But here, Jason, as you said, the, these next four games are very important, not just for improving seating, but showing, hey, we're going to be in at the end and potentially competing for uh, an SEC championship near the end. But to do that, you've got to beat, you got to win your home games. And even if that includes a top 15 team like Kentucky to get there, you know, losing to Kentucky at home is not the end of the world. But winning against Kentucky at home certainly puts you on top of the world, so to speak, at least in the college basketball eyes. Because as we see in the polls, Auburn fell to you know a spot after going two and zero last week. There's not a lot of confidence nationally in Auburn right now because of the schedule and because of the road games they've lost uh, by double digits. This is a chance to kind of get back into the into the fray, so to speak, after being a top five team just a couple of few weeks ago. Absolutely, um, yeah. Like you said, you start talking it, it's those type of games and. Kentucky, you beat them anywhere. That's one that just from a perception standpoint is going to help you out. And, you know, yeah, you look at net, all these things, but I think I think you start talking about it. And uh, quality wins, that's that's the name of the game. And you look at this league and, and not get a ton of respect right now. Um, didn't have as many of those big out-of-conference wins. And because of that, it's it's knocked them down. You start talking about whether it's net rankings, wherever it is, and all of a sudden you're, you're looking at, you know, how many teams get in. I heard somebody talking about Big Ten, and it, and I heard the number 12, and I just started laughing. Uh, no. I, I, I don't even see how – I, I don't know how you can get double-digit teams out of no. a 14-team league. I just don't see how that happens. But that's what you're looking at now is, there, you know, a conference. And we saw it last year with the SEC. You win some of those games, and it brings everybody up. Well, right. when you have Kentucky that loses to Evansville and you have others – all of a sudden it knocks everybody down a little bit. And that's kind of what we've seen this year. So you better take advantage of those because it's going to be harder to yep. make up ground in those rankings than it was a year ago. Yeah, and then in the okay. net rankings, which are so important right now, uh, no SEC team I think is higher than 20 right now. And Auburn actually dropped again to 27 today as we're With a road this team. on a Thursday well, after a road win. So, you know – Things have got us, you know, the only thing that can happen now is the SEC beating up on each other, and it's going to be difficult for an SEC team to get in the top ten of the net rankings, which is going to hurt the ability to get some at-large teams. But the, but the good thing for for Auburn and uh, for seeding and all, also for the other SEC teams is, yes, the highest-ranked teams like around 20 in the SEC in the net rankings, which is what the committee kind of uses nowadays. They don't really pay attention to the RPI. But there's seven SEC teams, like, all within – striking distance of each other they're in the 20s and 30s so that helps but you'd really like to have a couple teams there in the top 10 or top 15 and the sec just doesn't have that this season you know the thing is i look at the, the games i've seen uh it seems like every, every sec team is flawed just about uh you know you talk every about team Ar- in the country right arkansas arkansas has some really great athletes and some real offensive firepower and 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 they're going to get crushed on the boards by everybody. Yeah, no size. And uh, and that makes it difficult. I mean, that that make, makes them a team that can win, but can also get beat by anybody. And uh, uh, and everybody, you look at just about everybody. There's something. And uh, so it's going to be it's going to be difficult in the SEC for for 
anybody I'm to get a lot to get to string together a bunch of wins. I think uh, LSU obviously has done it so far, uh, but they don't really look the part either. No. Uh, uh, and it, because of the perception thing, like you said, talk about 12 teams from the big 10, uh, be, be, the big 10 beating each other up becomes in the eyes of the, right. Whoever makes these, these evaluations, a, uh, a sign of how good the league is. Right. The SEC, the SEC beating each other up becomes to those same people in their eyes how mediocre the league is. Yeah, this this is this yeah, is the opposite. This is the opposite of of football is what's going right. on right now. Exactly. You look at it. The the, the big exactly basketball right, is taking the is taking the place of SEC football in that once that once that happens. We saw it this year when we saw this league and went, yeah, it was it was a good league, but it, it wasn't the greatest league. But what happens is when you have a couple of teams that were up top and you look at the strength, the so-called strength of the Big Ten is because Ohio State beat Kentucky early on. They beat North Carolina, who hasn't wound up being very good. But North Carolina is awful. They're terrible. Them and Michigan got propped up early. And so now when those teams are losing, yeah. it's well, it makes everybody else look that much better. Well, you just don't know in basketball because, heck, we've seen Auburn. Auburn's been three different teams already this season. Um, and so yeah. that happens for a lot of guys and a lot of teams. And so, yeah, you're, you're right. If you're Auburn, you just got to take care of business and, and, and let the let the chips fall after that. We're, we're going to yeah, talk. I, uh, I, I agree with Philip going back to going back to what Philip said. I think all the SEC teams are flawed. But, you know, it's fun to watch what we were talking about earlier. Uh, it's fun to watch. You know, Auburn, South Carolina, Tennessee, they've really taken on the personality of their coaches. Um, and and it's, it's kind of fun to watch. We're going to talk uh, quickly about recruiting and some football. we got to get Jason out here. He's busy today uh, right after these messages. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, Jason, uh, second signing day is coming up. Uh, on Wednesday, a few spots for Auburn that they could fill. Uh, this is kind of a big weekend also for recruiting, not just for football, but also for basketball with the Kentucky game and all that. What can you tell us going down the stretch here with football? I know a lot of people obviously have their eyes on five-star offensive tackle Broderick Jones, who's currently committed with Georgia. 
Yeah, you know, that's obviously when you look at Auburn, you look at needed areas and you jump there because, you know, in, even in this class, they've signed a big offensive line class, a couple of junior college tackles, um, neither one of which will go through spring practice, even though uh, Killian Zaire will be here after having surgery. He'll just kind of have to watch. And then Jeremiah Wright is a potential offensive tackle, could be a guard, but he, he, if he is a tackle, he'd be a right tackle. So you're looking at, hey, you need a, a classic high school offensive tackle in this class. And obviously, if you can get a five-star uh, like Roger Jones, that, that's that's huge. Um, you know, committed, committed to Georgia for a while, but you look at him and Auburn's been in the picture. Um, I'd be interested to see the the connection he's able to make this weekend. Chad Marsh, Jack McNeil Jr., those guys. This is a great opportunity for them to kind of sell opportunity. And, and that's what, you know, you look at a guy like Roger Jones, he could have an opportunity to do something that not many people do. You see it a, few, a little bit more now, but you don't see many true freshmen thrown into the fire. Um, but that would be a real opportunity if Roger Jones were to sign with Auburn. Yeah, and it's happened It's happened at Auburn, obviously, before with uh, with Alex Kozan and Lee Zimba, as we all know. And obviously going into this spring with Auburn trying to replace four starters and so much unknown, even with the JUCO offensive tackles that are, that are coming in. As you mentioned, Zaire's recovering from ACL surgery. He's not going to be able to practice until uh, – or at least do some things until this summer. It's going to be uh, kind of interesting to watch. Meanwhile, uh, on the basketball front, Auburn's going to have a couple of already signees in, in town. But I think more than anything, this is an opportunity for Auburn to kind of uh, impress a few more of those four- and five-star guys that Auburn's looking forward to uh, in a year or two. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of those guys coming in when you start talking about the potential for, for bringing in prospects, doing those things. And you look at obviously bringing in the guys that, that have already signed, and that's that's great. But you look at it, you know, the the, the, class, the junior class, the sophomore class, a couple of guys that I've seen in person, um, especially one I saw just a couple of weeks ago in person, uh, J.D. Davis and a kid from just yeah. below Montgomery, Calhoun High School, J.D., and for the old-school Auburn fans, and you don't have to be real old-school, but if you've been watching Auburn basketball for, for 20 years or so, Jamison Brewer is a guy that had tons of ability. We didn't really develop his his offensive game while he was at Auburn. Only stayed a couple of years, was drafted by the Pacers, and played in the NFL for a while, but was unreal athleticism. This J.D. Davidson reminds me of Jamison Brewer, but already with a better offensive game and a guy that still has another full year of high school left. And Auburn's been on him for a while. He is a high flyer point guard that can fly up and down the court. Great vision. That's a guy that's coming in this weekend and going to be one of those unofficial visits. Uh, probably there may be 15 or 20 basketball unofficials for this right. game this weekend. Maybe up to 50 junior unofficial guys, wow. top prospects from all over the state. I just put a story up on a, a 2021 wide receiver from Oxford, Alabama, Rock Taylor, who I saw play last year a couple of times, 6'4", 200, big physical guy. This is an, an opportunity for football and basketball to have a big day and to uh, to kind of set a foothold for those junior and sophomore guys to come. Yeah. You know, it's kind of it, it's kind of interesting that uh, football was now able to uh, to use basketball. Uh, to the extent that they are, it's, absolutely. it's never really been that way before. I mean, well, look, we we remember football coaches for a long time saying, "Look, we can't take guys to basketball games." Couldn't do it because yeah. there was no atmosphere. Now both of them are fighting it, and obviously, football has always been um, a place that other sports have used to celebrate. Right. But yeah. now, 
other sports are using Auburn Arena in Auburn basketball games, which is, yes, that's absolutely a, a huge change for Auburn athletics. <laughs> And it's, it's a heck of an atmosphere. I mean, there's incredible. something to sell there. It's and absolutely Saturday, incredible. And Saturday, yeah, I mean, Jason. Saturday know, may be as good as – we've seen a good one, and it's hard to get yeah. above really – but Saturday may be as good as it gets. When you start talking about standing room only tickets are $200 plus <laughs> just to get you somewhere where you can lean up against a rail, um, that is something that – hey, we, we said we never thought we'd see – who knows, see Auburn basketball in the Final Four. They did it. Um I never thought I'd have people hunting for basketball tickets for a December 29th game against Lipscomb and, and texting me in Tampa wanting to know if I, had, I knew anybody that had tickets for an Auburn game. And now you get games like these that are that are just become they, – they're must-sees for Auburn fans, and that's pretty awesome to see. Yeah, college game day coming to town, first time ever. Um, I'm, I'm, you know Bruce Pearl's going to do something crazy on that show. He's going he's gonna to do something nuts. <laughs> Uh, to uh, get the no audience's question. attention, um, it's it's going to be a lot of fun this weekend. Uh, Jason, I know you got to get going, so you, you're free to you're free to leave if you have. Thanks, to. guys. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. Have Jason. a good one, um, uh, Philip and Ronnie. I want to talk a little more football here, um, outside of recruiting. When Auburn's looking for a defensive backs coach uh, after Marcus Woodson left for Florida State, there were some rumors about him maybe going to Ole Miss, but he ends up going to Florida State. Uh, good recruiter, Auburn looking for a DB's coach. Uh, I've heard and uh, so far that they're kind of slow playing it right now. They're waiting till after signing day to kind of come back together, put their heads together, and really start targeting folks. Um, but, um, you know, Kevin Steele's history at that position is to kind of try to go after a veteran guy, someone he can really trust. Gus Malzahn will have some say in it as well, and he's, he's brought up some names to Kevin uh, uh, briefly, but I know the two of them will kind of sit down and discuss things next week. Have you guys heard anything along that front? And uh, as the staff kind of moves forward, uh, trying to replace a, a, th a third coach. I do you know, think the names. That, go ahead, Ronnie. I'm sorry. The, the, the names I heard early on were Al Pogue and, and Zach Etheridge. I think Addison Williams is also in it, but uh, I think you're right, Brandon. I think they're taking it kind of slow. I don't think there's uh there's, there's a hire that's, that's imminent, but, um, you know, I, I think those are the early names on the list, at least the names that I've heard. I think that, uh, the, I think Kevin definitely would like to have a, uh, an experienced, uh, teacher, uh, game planner, et cetera, guy in that position. Of course, you also need a, 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 a recruiting is always important. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I don't have any real feel for where they're going uh, um, and uh, or exactly how the process will work because that changes from time to time, it's, as, as you know. Uh, I mean, will, will Kevin be the main decider or what will Gus's involvement be? Or I, I don't right. know the answer. I well, don't know I, the answer to that. My, my understanding from talking to a few folks is that uh, Gus certainly has names in mind for himself. I just wonder if Kevin, you know, would be like, "Hey, the no, I, I want to do this," and is it okay with you? And I, th I think Gus may would ultimately stand out of his way, but if that were to happen, but I think they still need to kind of sit down, look at everything, because this has been a the last two weeks have been very busy for the coaches, 
I don't think we've talked about that enough. They've been on the road recruiting. This is their last week to be able to be on the road recruiting, and they're not recruiting for 2020. They're looking for 2020 kids right now. So they're all over the country. We, we've seen coaches in Colorado, California, Texas, uh, and, of course, Alabama and Florida and Georgia. So they're, they're focusing on that, and certainly they've, they've got some names in mind, and, 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 uh, and Ronnie mentioned a couple of them. But like you guys said, I don't think a hire is imminent, and I think the earliest we hear anything would be uh, the weekend after signing day. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I don't think there's anything that's uh... – uh, it's imminent. I think they're going to take their time, and and uh, you know, with coaches on the road as much as they are right now, it's just it, it's hard to try to get everybody on the same page. Anyway, it's also hard to hire away a coach right before signing. Right, that's what I was about school. to say. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it happened yesterday with with A and M and and Tennessee with uh, with the running backs coach leaving. But it's, I think he was. Uh, that's a unique situation. I think he was he was told to move on. So, but it's you're right, Brandon. It's hard to hire somebody outright. Uh, this time of year, it's just it's just hard to do before signing day. So, so Ronnie, what else is going on in college football? You hearing anything? Any, <laughs> any gossip, rumor, anything we could talk about the barbershop? I haven't heard much lately. It's uh, everybody's really focused on recruiting. It's uh, like I say, it's hard to it's hard to do anything with with everybody being as busy as they are. Well, something will always pop up. Um, That's right. I think the last time, since the last time we did the roundtable, I don't, I can't remember. Uh, Mike Leach is now in the SEC, and Lane Kiffin's in the state. That's going to be interesting to watch. Um, certainly entertaining. Um, and uh, like you said, it's just mostly been recruiting right now. Nothing too crazy. LSU, of course, won the national championship. Uh, I, I want to end it with this. Then, now that I mentioned LSU, I've been seeing a lot of talk about LSU being the best team in history or being one of the best teams in history. Uh, we seem to get caught up in the moment. A I'll lot. tell you. I don't see it. I mean, they're certainly one of the top 10 top, top teams of the last decade. I would say that I would, I would put them two or maybe three. I don't think they're even number one in, in this past decade, let alone all time. Why do people, why are people doing this? I don't get it. You know, that's just like the game, the the so-called games of the century. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, There's it, been about it, fifty of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's exactly. it's it's you know, when you start when you go back very far from, I mean, you start comparing teams, and they they and they come from different eras when the game exactly. game was played in different ways, and it's just really, I I don't I don't see the except for the people who love to make lists. Uh, I, I don't, which is a big part of our business now. I'm not, I'm not criticizing that, but, uh, but, uh, I just don't see, I, it's, it's, it's a question that can't really be answered. So I, it just seems to me it's kind of yeah. a waste, but, but it's, but it's something people like to do. So I'd, I'd say that the, uh, combination of, of, of Joe Burrow and those receivers are among the best that we've seen, um, in recent history, but yeah, as a, absolutely. As a, but as yeah, a team, absolutely. that's not the best team. To no, ever it wasn't win a great defensive team for one thing. No, uh, not at all. And, yeah, they uh, had uh, and you know, and I, they they are a great team. They were best. They yes. certainly deserve to win the national championship. And uh, uh, 
I think the probably the only team that was probably going to give them a uh, a run for it in the playoff would, would have been Ohio State had they yeah, played. I agree. And uh, uh, but uh, but the best ever. Heck, who knows? I don't know. I, that's I mean, it's uh, uh, been a lot of great teams. So. What is you the know, what I, is the best team ever? Is it the 1905? You were there, Philip. 1905. Oh <laughs> <laughs> <Help> me! <laughs> the the yeah, I, think, uh, I think one thing that's going to have to be addressed is is the disparity in the in the schedules that, that these teams play. I mean, if you look at the schedule, absolutely. Play, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, the ACC is 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 bad. Um, yeah, that's they're, why. They're, Sorry, not to interrupt. That's why, just real quick, that's why when I was hearing people talk about the Florida State job, I'm like, man, they might get turned down by some people. I'm going, dude, I would jump at that job. Oh, you, yeah. You've got to worry absolutely. about Clemson, and that's it. And you're Florida State. You could easily get that program back up, I think. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no, Jimbo left it a mess, but, uh, and Willie didn't help. Willie Taggart didn't help it out any. But, you know, Florida State's a great job. You've got a great recruiting base. You've got great tradition. Um, I, I agree with you, Brandon. I, I just, you know, I, but the scheduling in college football, something has to change. I mean, because if you look at the schedule you play in the SEC West versus what Clemson has to play, something's, I mean, that that's patently unfair. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I, but it's hard, Ronnie, because to me, because it's, you know, how do you d- differentiate? You got to play X number of power five teams. Well, right. that's, that's fine, but there's a big difference in playing Georgia and playing uh, Duke. Yeah. And, uh, uh, so, I mean, it's, uh, it's just, it's just hard. And I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know what you do about it. And, uh, um, I think one, one thing that's going to happen, I believe is that there's going to end up being an 18 playoff for you where, yes. And, and yeah. which I personally think is what they should do. And, uh, uh, and that 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 will resolve a lot of it, but it will just it will also just really uh, change the controversy from four and five to eight and nine. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the, the still thing, be about who gets in, but, right? But, but the thing the thing there though, I think there'll be less controversy because right. usually that'll be hey the group of five teams or a couple of at larges that we're not going to be going. You know what? These teams are really close because if you look at this past season, it was difficult to say who was good beyond number six, I would say. Yeah. Um, so um, I think, yeah, absolutely, moving to eight. And I thought I saw a lot of people after and during the playoff going, these ga- these semifinal games prove we we shouldn't go beyond four. And it's like, you why are you saying that? You don't know how a Georgia would have done. I mean, Georgia. No, exactly. Yeah, I mean, those are really good teams that got left off because they lost a game. They lost a game, and that's it. And, the, yeah. and they're out. I think that moving to eight is definitely on the horizon and they, and they need to do it because they talk about, well, you just, you kind of know already who's going to win, win the, win the national championship. No, you don't. How many times has the four seed won the national championship? Hasn't it been like three times or something like that? I haven't done my research, but the, the four seed has won the national championships. So and don't tell me that we can't go to eight teams. That's just ridiculous. Well, I think LSU was the first one seed to win it, weren't they? I, I think, yeah, I think, I think so. you're right. Yeah. 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 So, so, uh, yeah, of course not. That's just to say that would be to say that, uh, if, uh, Clemson and Georgia had played the last game of the regular season, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been an interesting yeah. game. Not I mean, a great game. Uh, the number 18 might well win the national championship on any given year. 
And, uh, uh, well, they might get blown out, but if they do, so be it. I think what's going to happen though, is they, they might move to eight teams and then they might do play, you know, some of those games on a home campus. And then you're going to oh, have a I whole other, do that. Yeah. but then you're going to have a whole other controversy about that. Go, well, of course that team won. It was at home. The eight seed never has a shot and it's going to be a whole other thing. No one will ever be happy with the system. Oh no, no, no. But it's better now, probably than it's ever been. Oh, absolutely! Trying, trying to find the best team. Yeah. Can you imagine? Hey, if, you got, if, you, if you got eight teams, it'll be much more. It, it'll be still not impossible. I mean, a team could be number ten at the end of the season that got better as the season went on and still yeah. be good enough to win, to win it all. But, but for the most part, you got you got eight teams in there. You're going to have. You're not going to leave out somebody that that yeah. uh, that's. Would, would have a real shot at winning it. And it's the only way a group of five schools ever going to be able to get a shot at winning a national title. It's the only way to move to eight. And, I, I mean, a couple of years ago, UCF definitely, I thought, deserved a shot. But were they the best four four teams? No, probably not. But I think they deserved a shot because of what they did when undefeated. And that's Twice. that's the one thing. Yeah, right. And, and that's the one thing I have a problem with the system. you got to give – you got to give some opportunities to these teams that they play the schedule that they play, and we talk about that. But you go undefeated and you're a group of five school, you deserve to be in. You get deserve a shot at winning a championship, just like those small schools that win their conference titles in the NCAA tournament. They get a shot. They earn yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it's a big deal. And yeah, uh, and some of these some of these American conference teams are pretty good, pretty good football yeah. teams. Yes, and they could beat they could beat a lot of the teams in the ACC. Oh gosh! Can you imagine there being an AAC and ACC challenge? Um, th- there would be "quote unquote" upsets uh, every year. Yes. Uh, the ACC is just terrible. Terrible, anyway. Um, all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap things up. I've got to go myself. Got a press conference at two o'clock as we're recording this, guys. Thanks for jumping on. It's good to be on the roundtable, Philip. It's great to have you back and hear, hear you well, doing thanks. well. Thanks. Yeah, glad you're feeling better. All right. Appreciate it. All right, gentlemen. We'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. Auburn Undercover.